0: Praise the Lord. Welcome to another Solar of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege to bow and to call upon your name. God, I just ask the Lord that you would just be with each and every one, dear God, that is affected by this coronavirus, dear God, the ones that have lost loved ones because of it, dear God, or has loved ones that are sick, Lord, and I ask God that you just be with each and every one of those that are in the hospital, dear God, and be with the doctors and the CMAs and the nurses, dear God, and the janitors and receptionists and uh, dear God, the first responders and all of those, dear God, that are on the front lines fighting this battle, God, i last, ask, Lord, that you just be with them and just touch them, dear God, in a great and a mighty way. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just use me, Lord, to speak the words that you would have me to speak, God. Just touch my mind, touch my lips, dear God, that I may speak, Lord, the words that you would have me to, so I may that we may help someone in some way, dear God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for everything in Jesus' wonderful name I pray, amen, amen. We're going to go in, uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 20. We're going, to, we're going to start all over in verse 1. I know I touched a little bit on it last time about the uh, instructions concerning principles of war. Uh, and as I said last time, you know, there's, we're in a constant war. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, who you are, but there is, we're in a constant war uh, with our, in ourselves with good and evil. And, you know, when you really get down to it, that is the only war that we are actually, that we are fighting. Uh, I know they, they name the different uh, battles and everything they have, like Desert Storm and, and some of the others. But it's it's all it all boils down to a war of good and evil, with good fighting against evil, and you know, uh, back in uh, in the days of the children of Israel, they had the the same problem. They and the Lord set down rules concerning, you know, of how they was going to fight and who they was going to fight and how much destruction was going to be done concerning who they went up against. Now, remember, God gave the children of Israel the promised land. But they were going to have to go in and they were going to have to take it from some nations. Now, these nations that they were going to have to take it from, they were to be utterly destroyed. Man, woman, child, beast everything destroyed but then he comes by uh, before that he tells them that you know there are some nations the ones that are far off uh you will go to them and and you will basically ask them uh if if you want let's read uh i'm going to start in verse one uh when thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be when ye are come nigh into the battle that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, you, you approach this day into battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts be faint. Fear not, and do not tremble; neither be ye terrified because of them, for the Lord your God is He that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Still yet today, Jesus is the one that has is fighting our battles for us. We need to understand that we need to turn everything over to the Lord. Let Him fight our battles. And we go do what the Lord wants us to do. And that that one thing that he wants us to do, as he told the disciples and he told the apostles, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That doesn't mean that you have to be a preacher. That doesn't mean you have to be a Sunday school teacher. That doesn't mean you have to be an evangelist or anything like that. It doesn't mean that you have to be called to preach. The Lord wants each and every one of us as children of God to go out and into the world and proclaim salvation, proclaim his word, proclaim what he done to other people, proclaim what he has done to us, for us, to other people, so that they will understand that there is someone that cares for them, and there is someone that can fight their battles, and You know, there's things going on in our life that the Lord may ask us to work in some way or another, but for most part, like I said, the war that is going on is between good and evil uh, against principalities, against powers uh, that we really can't fight against, so we need to turn those wars over to the Lord and let him fight those. And we go and seek those which are lost, seek those which needs ministering to, and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our, that's our job. Not to worry about everything that's going on in the world. Not to worry about where our next meal is going to come from. Not to worry about this, that, and the other. But we need to get our, ourselves concerned with the lost and dying people of this world. Those that are on their way to hell and we have we have got to get to the point to where that we want to tell these people about a better way and not only tell them but we have to live the life to where that they will see that there's something different in us before that we can ever get them interested in even talking to us about it now listen If you go around with the same long face that they do and you're grumbling and complaining just like they are and you're doing all these things just like they are, you know, why should they leave what they're doing and come and be uh, like you when they're already that way? So we need to be different. We need to be a peculiar people. There needs to be something different about us but that's that's our job that's what we that's the war that we need to be fighting but moses was telling these he said uh, now when you go into this place he said now we we already know that there's giants in the land we already know that there's um, cities here with the the walls that go plumb up into the heaven and we know that these people there's a lot more of these people than there are of us they're a lot stronger and a lot more uh, they're a lot more achieved in battle and everything. So, but still, yet, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I have give these people unto you. Now, all you got to do is go in and take the land from them. I'm gonna go in before you. I'm gonna fight your battles for you. All you have to do is just go. And then after Moses got finished talking to them, the officers. Wanted to talk to him. In verse 5 And the officer shall speak unto the people, saying, What man is there that hath built a new house and hath not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle and another man dedicate it. And what man is he that hath planted a vineyard and hath not yet eaten of it? Let him also go and return unto his house, lest he die in battle in the battle, and another man eat of it. And what man is there that hath betrothed the wife, and hath not taken her? Let him go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man take her. And the officers shall speak further, and, and say unto the people, and they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. And it shall be when the officers have made an end of speaking unto the people that they shall make captains of the armies to lead the people. He said, all right, now then, I want you you to send all these people back home. Well, if we will go over to... Uh, Judges chapter 7, we're going to find there another time that uh, the Lord talked to Joshua, I believe it was. Let me find that right real quick. I'm going to read a little bit of that because I I want you to understand something. I want you to understand just exactly who it is That is fighting your battles, and just exactly who, how powerful that this person is. You know, we we've got to remember that we are on the side of the Lord, God's Son, the one that spoke this world into existence, the one that made you and I. This is the one that we are serving. This is the one that we are following. This is the person the persons that are going to fight our battles for us. All right, in Judges chapter 7, verse 1, Gideon is going to war against the Mennonites. Now, the Mennonites are, are a great army. They are a very huge army, just like the, the uh, ones that they're going up against now. And Gideon brought the the children of Israel together, and uh, he said, No, And uh, Verse 2, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Mennonites unto their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whosoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee. The same shall not go. So he brought them down to the brought the people down into the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him thou shalt set by himself. Likewise, every one that boweth down upon his knee to drink, and the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down up on their knees to drink water. Now, we're, we're talking about a huge army here that Gideon had. And they're going against an army that is bigger than them. And the Lord told them, he said, you've got too many people. Just like he was telling, uh, the cat, telling Moses and uh, these people, the officers, you've got too many people. You know, and he they started saying, Well, you know, this one if you have had a wife and you haven't went into her yet, you need to go home. If you bought a house and you and you haven't dedicated it, you need to go home and they keep kept dwindling down the people. Because the Lord did not want them to go back and say because they was such a great army that they went in and they did this and, and they took over and they killed all these people and they took all this spoil. No, that's not what the Lord wanted. The Lord wanted them to know that it was him that was fighting for them. We've got to understand that God is fighting our battles for us. We've got to turn them over to him and let him take care of our battles and not worry about it i know it's hard it really is it, it takes a lot of practice to turn everything over to god and not be concerned about it i i, I tell you what in the last years a couple of years uh, last year especially the god has god has taught me a lot about turning everything over to him and not worrying about the outcome because he's got everything under control i don't worry about things anymore Uh Things at work that don't bother me anymore. I'm, You know, they bother me, but I don't worry about them. They, they aggravate me sometimes, but I don't worry about them because I know that they're in God's hands, and whatever happened is going to happen. And coronavirus, it does not worry me. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's in God's hands. And I thank God for taking care of me, and I have been around. I have been uh, exposed to coronavirus and I have not got it, will I get it, I don't know, that's, that's up to God, uh, what, will, what will I do when I get, when I, if I do get it, I, that's up to God, I'm going to trust in him, and I'm going to lean on lean on him, and he will let me know what I need to do, so that, see, that's, that's, the, that's the thing about it, we've got to depend upon him, no matter what, oh, there's so many things that can go wrong in this world, Listen, we're not, we are not promised the next second of life. And we are not promised tomorrow, even though we, we make plans for tomorrow. And I'm making plans for in the morning of getting up in the morning and going online and teaching Sunday school and then going later to uh, a, a different church. Our, our church is getting together with another church and having a fellowship meeting tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to that. Will I make it? I don't know. That's up to God, but I'm trusting Him, and I've got my faith in him, and no matter what happens, it's going to be his plan and i'm going I'm going to find out what his plan is, and I'm going to follow him, no matter what it is and this This is what Moses is telling the people he said now when these officers come to you and they ask these all these questions and everything. It's it's not it's not a it's not something that you should be ashamed of if you leave. Because really at that point of this battle the Lord does not need you. He needs you back in the camp, back at home. He needs you back at home, he needs you on your knees and he needs you a praying for the people that are going to battle. That's what he needs. Your you listen. You don't exactly have to wield a sword or a spear or a slingshot or whatever, a bow, to fight a battle sometimes. Some of our greatest battles are fought on our knees talking to the Lord, trusting in Him, and putting our trust in Him. We don't have to, to uh, be the one to uh, kill the enemy. All we have to do is pray for the enemy. God will take care of the enemy. And if you go on and you read over in Judges chapter 7 uh, about how that Gideon and, and these 300 men went, a great, went against this great army, they took pictures, and they put lamps in these pictures, and they took uh, trumpets, and they, they sort of encircled around this, this great army that was encamped in this place and they circled around this and Gideon told them he said now you all do just exactly the way I do. And what we're going to do is when I tell you said you start blowing on the trumpets and you break the the pitcher and let your light shine. And they encamped around these this army and Gideon told them to blow on the trumpet and to break their pitcher and let their light shine and when they did that they was a uh, the Lord moved in this, this great army that was there, and it was mass confusion, and the men did not have to kill one person because they ended up killing themselves because of mass confusion. That's what Satan causes so many times is mass confusion. Nobody knows what's going on. Somebody says says a word, and then it 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 it, it goes like uh, I don't know what, and just spreads through the whole uh, the whole community, the the whole group of people. And the next thing you know, it, it's just mass confusion, and nobody knows what's going on, and nobody knows how it started or why it started. And that's what happened there with. Gideon and those 300 men they, they didn't have to even draw their swords because they followed the God, followed the Lord and done just exactly what the Lord and Gideon told them to do and the people killed themselves out of mass confusion. And he's telling and the Lord's telling Moses here he said you, you, these people, they need to be at home, they really do. Uh, and they don't need to be out on a battlefield, but they can fight at home just as good while they're taking care of the things that they went home to take care of. They can fight just as well because while they're doing these things, all they have to do is keep a prayer on their heart and in their mind for the ones that are going out and fighting this battle. This is where that we draw our strength, from one another, from the prayers that we pray for one another, from the from the uh, texts that we send one another, just out of the blue, we'll send somebody a text and say, "I love you," or "I'm just thinking about you." And you know, we we could draw strength from that. It's just a simple fact that we might be in a place to where that we're feeling the old sin is lower than a snake's belly. And we get that one text or that one phone call from somebody or we meet somebody out in uh, out um, in the community or out in the uh, store or something, and they just come up and tell us, I've been thinking about you. and I've been praying for you. And then and they start talking to us, and, and we get to fellowshiping together, and we get to talking about the Lord. The next thing you know, you are complete. You feeling completely different. You are lifted up, and you are refreshed. That's what we need to do for each other. Now then, and let's see. And now for speaking. Verse ten. And when thou comest nigh unto a city to fight against it, then proclaim peace unto it. And it shall be if it make thee answer of peace and open unto thee, then it shall be that all the people that is found therein shall be tributaries unto thee, and they shall serve thee. And if it be if it will make no peace with thee, but will make war against thee, then thou shalt besiege it and when the lord thy god hath delivered unto thy hands thou shalt smite every male thereof with the edge of the sword but the women and the little ones and the cattle and all that is in the city even all the spoil thereof shalt thou take unto thyself and thou shalt eat the spoil of thine enemies which the lord thy god hath given to thee now then this is this is one type of battle that they're going to have to fight. And this is... And see... this And then verse 15, it says, This shalt thou do unto all the cities which are very far off from thee, which are not of the cities of these nations. In other words, these are the ones that are far off. This This is going to be on down the road quite a while. Chances are that when they go to these cities that they will make peace with them because by the time that they get finished with all the other people, the fame of their uh, battles and and how that they have overcame and everything has gotten to these people and they're going to make peace with them. It's a good possibility. But anyway, he said, if not, he said, then you'd besiege them. You kill all the males, but the women and children, you leave them alive. And you take all the spoil. But he said, even if they want peace with you, he said, they, they will be tributaries unto you. In other words, they will, they will serve you. you, you will, uh, they will do exactly what you want them to do. And this is what the Lord is telling Moses to tell the people. See, the Lord has got people out there in every walk of life that are Christians. That are uh, child that are children of God, and they are looking for other people, children of God, that they can get together with and they can worship with. But we, uh, we as children of God, we have put so much stock in the name over the church door that we have forgotten about the church. I'm, when I say church door, I mean about the building. We gather together in a building that is our church, and we are a part of that church, and we worship in that church. Uh, basically, ever how the church uh, covenant or the uh, charter or whatever it is says that we we're going to worship. My, like I've told you before, my dad started out in Free Will Baptist. He was a Free Will Baptist preacher for a long time until he got to studying. Studying God's word and he got to praying and he found out that there was a lot more in there than what the church covenant of the free will Baptist would allow him to speak upon. So he got out. We need to take the Bible just exactly what it is. We need to throw the church covenants, the church bylaws, and all that stuff that keeps us from doing and believing the word of God from Genesis to Revelations just exactly the way it's written. We need to throw that all in the garbage. We need to come together as the church of God, and we need to worship with one another no matter if we don't believe just exactly alike. It's not so much sometimes as the belief as we need to be washed in the blood of Christ. He needs, we need to be repented of our sins. We need to put on the new man. And we need to live a new life. And we need to be a different people. It doesn't matter what. you You end up believing in the long run, really. But, you know, we need to be, We need to all study God's Word, and we need to find out just exactly what thus says the Word of God. And we need to follow that, no matter what the church covenant or bylaws or anything else says. And I, I, I ain't going to get into that. But anyway, but he said these cities, which are far off, this is what you're going to do to these. Now then, these cities... These nations that I have set before you that have just really, they have really just uh, turned God's stomach and uh, they have done complete wickedness and they continue to do complete wickedness. And I mean, they, they have done everything under the sun wickedly. They have offered their children as sacrifices. Yes, there is a God back in the, in, in the days of the children of Israel, there was a God that people worshipped that they actually offered their children on an altar of fire unto this God. And he said, of these cities, he said, but now thou shalt utterly destroy them, namely the Hittites and the Amorites and the Canaanites, and the Pezrites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that they teach you not to do after all their abominations which they have done unto their gods, so should ye sin against the Lord your God. When thou shalt besiege a city a long time, and make you war against it, To take it, thou shalt not destroy the trees thereof by forcing an axe against them. For thou mayest eat of them, and thou shalt not cut them down, for the tree of the field is man's life to employ them in the siege. Only the trees which thou knowest that they be not trees for meat, thou shalt destroy and cut them down, and thou shalt build bulwarks against the city that maketh war with thee until it be subdued. Be very careful when you go to war and you need to build a stronghold. Be very careful of what tree that you cut down. Know your trees. You don't want to cut down any tree that will supply food for you because you're going to need it. Especially in a long battle, you're going to need the fruit of these trees to sustain you, so you know be very careful that you don't cut them down. But if you if you find a tree that is is not good for meat, and uh, then you can you can cut that tree down, and you can use that to build these bulwarks or uh, strongholds to fight so that they can't break through but you can you can fight over them and and take the people. See now this right here tells me that some of these battles ain't going to be just a, a go in, get it done and get it over with. Some of these battles is going to take a while. Just like our battles today. The saint some of the things that we go through. Some of the trials and and the Uh, trials that we go through and so some of those things they take a while they're not just one of those things maybe uh at the most a week or maybe two and then they're over with some of these things have been have taken years to get through because mainly because of our unbelief and our our stupidity we we uh, a lot of times we have to go through these trials and uh, these prove times of proving we have to go through those longer than we need to because of our own fault i know i there's sometimes that i i have gone through things that should have been over with very soon but because of my ignorance and my uh doubt and my disbelief I, I went to them for quite a while but the Lord was always right there with me even though I didn't acknowledge him even though I was looking for him and, you know, and couldn't see him you know it's like sometimes we can't see the forest because of the trees getting away and that's what it's like we, see, we know the Lord's there we can't see him we can't feel him so is he really there but anyway, he's always there. If he's not beside of us or, or he's not in front of us, we've walked away from him. He hasn't left us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise from God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. If, we, if he's afar off from us, it's our fault, not his fault. But these, these battles that we go through so many times, you know, a lot of times we create them ourselves. You know, there, there's on occasion, there's things that Satan takes us through. And then there's those ones that the Lord allows us, allows to come against us to prove us and to strengthen us and to make us better. Those are those teaching moments, uh, those teaching trials, those teaching uh, times that we have to go through. When the Lord is trying to tell us something, and we are to the point to where that we're we're not really in, in, we're not really listening. We've got our mind on other things, and we're not really paying attention to what's going on. And the Lord is trying to teach us something, and it takes Him a little bit longer to get us to wake up and to recognize that He's trying to teach us something, than it does for Him to teach us the lesson that we need to learn. And let me tell you something, if, if you really want to know everything about the Lord that you can, ask Him to teach you, but be very careful, because He will teach you. And some of the lessons are hard lessons, they are very hard lessons, but the thing about it is, is in the end, it's worth every bit of it, it's worth every bit of it. Yes, I, I started, I don't know how long ago, telling the Lord to teach me. Teach me, Lord. Teach me. I guess it's been a couple of years ago or longer. Teach me. Show me. I, Lord, I, there's so much that I need to learn. There's so much that I want to do. Lord, I need you to teach me. One, <laughs> one of the biggest lessons that God ever taught me was patience let me tell you something (laughs) that's a hard lesson that's a very hard lesson and the and the way that he taught me patience was through and by this podcast let me tell you something i like i have said before i'm i'm the one of the most computer illiterate people that there is and when you get into all the the different things that you have to do to to launch a podcast you have got to have patience or be very brilliant brilliant I am not patience I did not have patience I have now more than I did have I'm still working on that because we we all get in a hurry listen we live we live in a hurried up life we I mean we have Anything that you need, anything that you want, you can get it in a, in a hurry. you got fast food, fast weddings, uh, fast divorces, fast uh, uh, whatever it is you need. I mean, there, there's a way to get it and get it done now. But the Lord is trying to tell us Christians that we need to slow down and we need to learn some things, and then we need to go to battle. You know, that's just like when the children of Israel was, when they first come out of Egypt and they got to the Red Sea, and the old saying is they was between the rock and the hard place, and and, uh, the Egyptian army was coming up behind them fast. They had to learn some patience, and they had to learn to trust in God and to follow him and to seek him and find out what his, uh, what, it is that he wanted them to do. And, you know, sometimes that's the hardest thing that we can do is to uh, stand still but move forward. We, we stand still in our spirit and we wait upon the Lord, but yet we keep moving forward and we keep doing the Father's, uh, being about the Father's business and we keep going on, but all the time our spirit is waiting on something from the lord see they had to wait all all night moses went out and he touched uh, he held his rod out over the water i believe it was and the water parted said so the winds blew and the waters parted and the next day they walked over on dry land I don't, I don't know if you all have been around anywhere where they drew a lake down but let me tell you something The bottom of that lake, the bottom of that body of water is very, very moist and very mushy. And there's there's some places in there you can step in that mud, and I mean, you'll go plumb up to your knees. But listen God parted the waters of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel walked across it the next day and never even got any mud on their shoes. God has got a route of escape for everything that we're going through. And as the officers were talking to them, to the children of Israel here, they're letting them know that God has got everything under control. He has got a route of escape. We just have to trust him. And he's always right on time. He's very rarely early, and he's never late but he's always right on time and well when I say he's rarely early sometimes it, it, we feel like that you know things are happening a little quicker and a little sooner than than what we had anticipated but he's always right on time and he'll never he'll never forsake you and he'll never leave you and he's always got you he got your back and see I was I was thinking this afternoon He's in front of us to lead us. He's beside of us to give us support. And he's behind us to keep pushing us forward all at the same time. He's completely surrounding us. So we we need to learn to follow him and to lean upon him and to get pushed every once in a while by him. And we need to get to the point to where that we expect him to do that for us and know that when he does that the reason that he's doing that is because he loves us and he has something greater in store for us. God has a plan forever for each and every one of us. You know, and we we have to we have to put on the whole armor of God and we have to go to war. We had we have to fight some battles, but just remember a lot of times, all we have to do is just show up and just let the Lord know that we're ready for this battle and we're going to fight with Him. When the Lord is telling us no, said, All you have to do is just encamp uh, uh, to encircle the, the enemy and break your pitcher and blow your trumpet. That's all you gonna have to do. I'll take care of the rest of it but we have to do something. We just can't just depend upon the Lord to do everything for us and let's not do anything. See, Gideon, when he went out to war with those 300 people and he gave them the pitcher and the lights and and the trumpets and he told them, he said, you do as I do and if Gideon would have sat there all night long with that trumpet in one hand and the pitcher with the light in in the other hand, and just sit there and nothing would have happened. If The the Midianites would still be in there the next morning. Probably by that time they'd have figured out that there was 300 men uh, encircled around them and they'd have been in trouble. But he said, you do as I do. We need to do as the Lord does. We need, we need to be about the father's business. We need to go out proclaiming the word we need to go out seeking those which are lost seeking those that needs ministered to seeking those that just needs a needs a hug or i love, or an i love you every once in a while we need to be looking for those people no matter where we're at not not only in the church, but I'm talking about everywhere we go at work, at Walmart, uh, grocery stores, uh, miles, anywhere that we go, when we go on vacation, we still need to be looking for those people that needs ministering into. must need to be about my father's business. That's what we need to be doing, our father's business. Verse or chapter twenty-one. Atonement for unsolved mysteries. Yes, they they also had unsolved mysteries of they'd run up on someone that had been murdered and nobody knows nothing about it. No, nobody's seen anything and nobody is uh, uh, saying I done it. So confessing, nobody's confessing that they did the murder. So there still has to be an atonement because uh, someone has died and there has some been someone that has killed the person. So now then there, there's something that needs to be done. In chapter 21, if one be found slain in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it, lying in the field, and it be not known who has slain him, Then thy elders and thy judges shall come forth, and they shall measure unto the cities which are round about them that is slain. And it shall be that the city which is next unto the slain man, even the elders of that city, shall take an heifer which hath not been wrought with, and which hath not drawn in the yoke, And the elders of that city shall bring down the heifer unto a rough valley which is neither eared nor sown and shall strike off the heifer's neck there in the valley. And the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come near. For them the Lord thy God hath chosen to minister unto him and to bless in the name of the Lord and by their word every shall every controversy and every stroke be tried. And all the elders of that city that are next unto the slain man wash their hands over the heifer that is beheaded in the valley, and they shall answer and say, Our hands have not shed this blood, neither have our eyes seen it. This is the atonement for an unsolved murder. In other words, where they'll, they'll, they find the man laying, they'll look around and they'll go to the nearest, the closest city to that that slain man and they will bring out the priest and the elders of that city and they will bring this heifer out and they will kill this heifer and they will wash their hands over this heifer and they will say they had nothing to do with it or don't know who had anything to do with it. And let me tell you something. If, you, if one of those elders had anything to do with that man dying or knows exactly who did kill that man, when they washed their hands over that heifer and they swore that they did not know anything, I believe the Lord would have struck them dead right there beside him. Listen. It's a very serious thing, Christianity. Being a child of God is very serious. It's something that we need to to realize just exactly who God is. And when we, when we profess to be a Christian, we need to realize exactly who we are. God don't put up with a lot of things that this world puts up with. And sooner or later, uh, it's all going to come to a head this is when god's going to look over to his son and say son go get our people and he's going to split the eastern sky and all those that are really children of god and are ready and waiting and have no sin in their life whatsoever they're going to meet jesus in the air and we're going to be gone and those that are left are going to be in trouble It's going to happen. I don't care how many times you say, well, I've heard that all my life. I have too, but you know what? You can read the Bible right now, and it's closer right now than it ever has been. I mean, it's on our doorstep. I look for any time to leave this world. It would not surprise me if I did not get finished with this podcast until the Lord called me home. That's how close it is. And, it, and you know, the thing about it is, is it, he may not come for all of us right now, but he may come for us as individuals at any, moment, any point in time. So we need to be ready, and we need to be prayed up, and we need to be willing to do his work, and we need to be about his work, and we need to be found doing his work when he comes back. And not sitting around waiting on him to come back and doing nothing. Because I'm afraid if you're doing nothing, he's going to come and go and you're still going to be sitting around doing nothing. Waiting on him to come. And he's done come and gone. It's a very serious thing. I, I know... There's all kinds of different beliefs out there in the world, and, and most of them have, are making fun of Christianity and saying Jesus doesn't exist, and heaven doesn't exist, and hell doesn't exist. Well, I know for a fact that Jesus does exist because uh, he has talked to me. I have felt him. I have never seen him, but I know for a fact that he, he does exist. And if he exists, I know that God the Father exists because Jesus is His Son. This world just not just did not. There was just not a big explosion one time, and this world came into existence, or I, I evolved from a, a, a single-cell organism, or monkeys, or whatever. Um, that did not happen. I was made in the likeness and image of my father and his son. Now then, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Are you going to give it over to Satan, or are you going to give it over to the Lord? Before you make that choice, you might want to read a little bit of the Bible, because let me tell you something. Salvation is real, heaven is real, hell is real, and you are going to one of the two places when you close your eyes in death. You're either going to heaven or hell. The choice is yours, curse or blessing. Thank you all for listening. Hope you got something out of it. And until the next time, may God bless you.